Definitely. And even for someone, I feel like for us, um, we kind of feel um, like it's an easy event and it's safe and, um, you know, it's it's organized, it's chill, like there's, there's um, people they're uh, watching out if something happens and you know like uh, first aid or whatever but I'm honestly I think in the eyes of uh, many other riders and people who just start gravel riding and and do this just more leisurely like definitely this event is big for them and you know and it definitely could be a step out of uh, other people's comfort zone yeah that's very true that's very true (laughs) I mean it's a long it's a long day on the bike and like yeah it is still pretty much self-navigated isn't it and yeah it's a good point i hadn't thought of it like that on my front fork i can put a disc brake Ooh, that feels so kind of i can have a like fix with a disc brake yeah exactly which is really a baller move i find <laughs> uh so yeah i feel like i i would probably attempt to to do it uh fix gear and um listen to more stories Stay tuned Tom, for more stories Liam, tomorrow. Stay tuned for more stories tomorrow. To hear more, as my good friend Liam Yates likes to say, stories by us. More stories tomorrow. Welcome back to the uh, More Stories Tomorrow podcast. It's uh, an extra, an extra special one today. It's kind of different from the format that we that we normally run. Um, this one is still focused around an event. The difference is that it's not been recorded at the event. This is an after the fact. We've had time to sit on this event for a, a little week or two before giving our reflections. Um, and I guess I'll hand over to to my guest to introduce themselves. All right. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Amanda. Uh, I'm from Montreal, Canada. Um, and originally, uh, I'm a fixed gear uh, rider and racer. Uh, in the city and uh, out of the city I'm a big mountain biker um, for the past five, four or five years I've been mountain biking a bit of everywhere uh, around Quebec and um, in Canada as well I went out west uh, with a camper I built um, and it's been a couple of years I've been racing fixed gear races uh, started and just last year started doing um gravel races um because why not (laughs) why not get into new things um and uh, exactly a year ago i competed well i raced at the event uh, grind zero in quebec actually in my hometown um and now i just moved to germany um recently to work for a rad race in canyon as a bike mechanic and uh, yeah, so I found myself at Grand Giro Germany one year later, which is uh, really cool. I'm super excited to be here, and uh, yeah, the event was was great. A little wet, a little wet. <laughs> yeah, a little wet, a little wet. At least it wasn't super, super scorching hot like last year in Quebec. Oh, yeah? It was so hot. It was about, I'd say, like 30 degrees south, um, Celsius. The, are you still are you still um, working in Fahrenheit or does does Quebec get does no get Quebec um, get? Canada is in Celsius we oh. yeah we have the metric system it's only the states has Fahrenheit well in the, fair, in the yeah. UK we've got like metric like liters and temperature and then miles which is kind of mad um 
That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> It's like half metric. Sorry, I completely interrupted you there on a segue about the British measuring system. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, I mean, we ended up sat, was it on the first night for dinner? We just ended up sat next to each other, didn't we? In the like steamy food tent on the Friday night. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's kind of wild that, yeah, and you're just like, oh yeah, I've come from Canada to do this race. And it's like, what? What do you mean you've come from Canada to race Grand Euro Germany? This is meant to be like chilled, relaxed race. Like, what's all that about? And then, yeah, turns out you've moved here, which so which makes it slightly like it's not quite how you sold it when I first met you. I don't think. Um, um, yeah, well, it it was honestly um, kind of uh, everything just happened at once in a way because uh, basically back in Montreal when I, uh, about a month and a half ago or two months ago, I did a. Um, a gravel photo shoot for Argon 18 uh, in and Argon 18 is from is headquartered uh, in Montreal and I did a gravel photo shoot for them for the new uh, gray matter that came out and um, really had a blast with the team and uh, I know some of the, the marketing team and everything and uh, I told them about my project moving to Germany and that it's happening and and everything and then I got into contact with the uh, Argon 18 in Europe um, and they and I told them like hey I'm gonna be in the area moving to Germany um, why not go to Grand Giro together and they're like yeah sure why not and um, they they brought me there and super super fun to work with the team and to to ride the gray matter there uh, it was really nice yeah and Argon 18 <laughs> I guess Probably most people know, but it's like a bike brand, road road focused bike brand, definitely, aren't they? Like road and triathlon, and just yeah. brought out this new alloy gravel bike. That's yeah, I guess, like you say, is kind of the reason you ended up there. Oh, I wanted to race the Grand Giro anyways, but that was just a, a bonus. Is to ride with the Argon eighteen was was it just a little bonus? Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice so did you actually did you know anyone else going to grind your did you kind of just rock up kind of by yourself um so last year um i did grind Giro in quebec with uh, a friend of mine sarah diekmeyer she's on shadow elite racing um and she's currently living in berlin uh, we were kind of trying to aim at going to Grand Giro Germany together, but she just, uh, she has an injury and she wasn't able to go. And I think either way, um, I would have probably just gone alone because, I mean, just for the experience. And, you know, these, at these gravel events, you get to meet really dope, nice people like uh, yourself. Of course, <laughs> of course. Like you. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, it's this type of cycling community and vibes that that I guess uh, it's quite easy and and a good good place to meet people that are down to earth that like to to ride or you know being in nature and yeah I mean it, it's such a relaxed like event isn't it like you can kind of just turn up not know anyone and you'll even if you don't make any friends you definitely have plenty of people to chat to you can kind of just like yeah literally go and sit next to anyone and start a conversation yeah. like you're all there for the same reason you've all got mm-hmm. at least something in common which is like yeah, bikes exactly. off road isn't it 
Yeah, and I guess like in general, a lot of times the the gravel scene or the bike packing scene or even like the ultra long distance scene is very independent, and you are often alone. Um, you gotta you know know how to fix a flat or fix any type of bike mechanic problems on your bike if you're alone in the woods or you know out in in uh, you know the adventurous world and it's kind of the type of I guess would say the same a similar vibe Grindero is they bring that to to you uh, you know you go in the mountains you you ride in in these conditions which are pretty fun <laughs> to some yeah it's like you kind of get a taste of that don't you like when you're out there you definitely feel like you're out in the middle of nowhere and anything could happen. But then, like, I mean, so we didn't actually ride together in the morning, did we? But we, um, as our little group, someone in the group slashed their tire and we, like, couldn't fix it, didn't have the right pump to, like, reseat the tubeless, didn't have enough sealant, all sorts of stuff. And then two e-bikes um, with Pirelli, like, Pirelli's tires sponsored the event, turned up with, like, tubes, spare tire sealant and just fixed it all for him and, like back together like within half an hour or so so it's like you kind of get this sense of adventure and being out in the wilderness but there's also a pretty big safety net that probably makes it easier like I guess if you don't like riding alone super easy if you don't like having to navigate easy like you've got that mechanical support like it's a pretty uh Mm. nice gateway into it isn't it you kind of get the feeling of independence without perhaps the the necessary preparation yeah definitely and even for someone I feel like for us, um, we kind of feel um, like it's an easy event and it's safe and, um, you know, it's it's organized, it's chill. Like there's there's um, people there uh, watching out if something happens and, you know, like uh, first aid or whatever. But I'm honestly, I think in the eyes of uh, many other riders and people who just start gravel riding and and do this just more leisurely like definitely this event is big for them and you know and it definitely could be a step out of uh, other people's comfort zone yeah that's very true that's very true i mean it's a long it's a long day on the bike and like yeah it is still pretty much self-navigated isn't it and yeah it's a good point i hadn't thought of it like that um have you done any other gravel races then or is kind of grand euro quebec and this are these the main two you've done um, I've raced, um, a couple of other gravel races, uh, this season in Quebec. Uh, one was the beginning of the season, uh, a small little gravel race in horrible, horrible freezing cold conditions, like freezing rain. It was called a uh, Garnet. Um, it's French. <laughs> uh, and it was pretty difficult. Um, but I, so I, I luckily podiumed first place uh, on it. But uh, flex, honestly, there was not. Yeah, <laughs> but there was. It was nothing like. It was not a huge gravel race. Like no huge, huge riders. What, what's the kind of format? Is it more of that like long American, like you know, hundred plus, two hundred k straight up race? Like what? What's the format um, of that race? So there was a one forty. Or no, sorry, a one twenty, um, and a seventy, and because I woke up in the morning and just it would not stop raining and it was just freezing, freezing cold conditions. It was I think four degrees, 
and I didn't have the proper gear. I didn't have long pants. I didn't have gloves. I didn't have uh, anything for the rain. So I was like, okay, let me just do the 70. Um, that sounds about <laughs> right. That, but like, I, 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 yeah. I guess the reason I was asking is kind of trying to get my set because like that kind of even like so it's, it's a comparable distance to the total day at Grand Euro, but the actual amount of time racing at Grand Euro is actually pretty small. Like, I think our times are like about 20 minutes roughly, mm-hmm. weren't they? It's like you've got 20 minutes of racing over the day, whereas... Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So, yeah, totally this different. one was the in, it was the entire, like, the first person that finished the yeah, race. Yeah, kind of like standard well. racing, basically. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. So, I guess where I was going with that, that long-winded question that started with kind of what other stuff you've done is, for you, how does Grand Euro compare as an event? And, like, how do you think mm-hmm. it, it changes the atmosphere? Because in some ways, for me, it feels like the the most chilled. I almost don't even want to call it a race. It's like it's so relaxed. Obviously, everyone there is there to ride the sections hard mm-hmm. and as fast as they can. But like, it, for me, it doesn't have the same atmosphere yeah. as a normal race. Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, because it's um, done in segments um, and it's time segments. I feel like it allows people to not feel overwhelmed of their their time and how long they finish or how long it takes them. They get to focus on like small parts throughout the race. And it also allows for people who want to do this for fun uh, to just, you know, take their time and to even like take a break before a segment starts, which is, I guess, just relieve some stress, I guess, for some people who just want to take the the race easy or the the event, take it easy. Yeah, I guess to be fair, I'm probably putting quite a lot of assumed knowledge in there. Like the, the race format is kind of taken from Enduro mountain bike, whereby you've got this long route and you just you need to finish the route, which I think for Germany was about 100k. But you're only actually timed like the race only counts over four relatively short segments. Like they're I think they're somewhere between two and ten minutes each. Um, and like you say, you can just you can kind of roll around with a nice group of people. Then you do your little, you know, time trial segment, almost like a Strava segment, and then you just kind of wait at the other end and and cruise around. And like you say, you can take a break before, you can take a break after. It's kind of mm-hmm. a totally different format to like a standard first from mm-hmm. the gun, first across the line. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's nice, though. and it's it's fun because yeah, you can definitely do it um, with friends and a group of people and. I feel like it's the perfect event to want to just do this with some some friends. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, if you think about, let's say we did a, I mean, it was basically like, was it seven hours on the bike or something? It's a seven-hour race, but I did the morning with some other people, came and had a sit-down lunch, and then we did half of it together at the end. Like, that's mad for a race. Like, mm-hmm. on paper, yeah. Is, yeah. Um, I guess it helped with, uh, you know, being there with Argon, that is like the perfect race format to kind of show showcase a bike, isn't it? Where you can kind of get a, mm-hmm. a media team around and things like that as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's really nice that, that also the format in a way that you, like you said, like you get to bump into different people throughout the race. You take a, a little break and have a coffee at one of the, the canyon stands. Um, and, you know, you get people who motivate you while you're doing a descent or doing a climb and you bump into different groups and ride jump in another group and ride with other people and um actually one point I was riding alone for a while and I I had 
no problem with that. I was just enjoying the, the scenery and everything and um, bumped into, just started chatting with another guy I started riding with and uh, he was one of the founders of the event uh, and he's from, I think, California and we were talking about Grand Giro and I told him about uh, racing also in Quebec at Grand Giro and, you know, you just get to get to bump into different people and it's a... Uh, that's what it's all about, I think, as well. Yeah, true. There's, there's not really any other, certainly no other race format that captures that, is there? Um, nice. I guess maybe, maybe we move on to Grindr itself. So, like we, like we said, we rode the afternoon together. But let's hear about. I want to hear about your morning. I don't think I think we were that shell shocked after we uh, finished the ride oh. last time. We never actually spoke about the morning. It was something else, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, the morning was very difficult. So the moment it was raining all night, heavy winds, uh, pouring rain. And then the moment you get out of your tent, it's just raining. Um, so you're, you're wet from the start, you're cold, it's windy and you go off and you start the race. And to be very honest with you, um, for a good, I don't know how long it was, maybe an hour, maybe a bit more. I did not at all look at my Garmin. I didn't look how much distance I did. I was just pedaling and just starting the beginning of the race. And at one point, um, I felt like I was on the bike for so long. Um, and I got to like one of the first checkpoints with like the coffee and the hot water and everything. And um, I was like, okay, I'm going to look at how much I did. I'm like exhausted and this is really difficult. The weather is freezing cold and so much wind. And I looked down and I only did 20 kilometers. I could not believe what I saw. I was like, oh my God, is this really going to take this longest race? Is it really going to be this brutal? Yeah, I remember um, I remember doing the same because the, there was no segments in that first, to be fair actually for the first 40K, but the weather was horrific. And I remember thinking the same thing. We got to that kind of the, the canyon coffee stand thing and yeah it's like 20 it's 20 25 k's i've been going for hours and like absolutely ruined i can't do that another four times yeah exactly i really was demotivated at that point um and the wind picked up as well i was like okay just get back on the bike don't get cold and just start pedaling again uh and then luckily and i found it was one of the oh it was just so beautiful the way the weather suddenly changed around 12 uh, a clock around lunchtime um, the sun came out uh, the, everything was dry no more wind uh, not dry but like you know drier. <laughs> it was more dry exactly drier yeah exactly um, it was kind of crazy wasn't it because I remember getting back to the back to like the the tent at lunch and sat sitting in front of that like massive like jet gas turbo heat thing just like shivering and warming up but then yeah we went out after lunch and it was like bright sunshine and like yeah. trails started drying up like it was just all around a far less mm -hmm. miserable experience um yeah I think, I feel like the, maybe definitely. the wind disappeared as well I don't know I can't yeah, yeah. There, there was definitely a lot less wind um and the I feel like the conditions after that were just perfect there's just you know definitely muddy but not as muddy as as doing it all in the rain yeah it was like it was like a proper like nice autumnal ride then wasn't it like a bit chilly but not cold and like sunny mm -hmm. it was it was lovely yeah it um, was perfect 
So yeah, so I'm trying to remember the race. So they actually rejigged the order of the race. I think probably to try and incentivize people to stay out for the full day, rather than getting most of the racing mm. in the morning with a bit of a ride in the afternoon. They kind of flipped it on its head. So they, like the long loop out was in the morning. So we only actually did one of the race segments before lunch. So like 50k of the route, mm -hmm. but only one of the race segments, and the rest yeah. was backloaded. But how did you find that that first segment? I'll I'll let you describe it, but it was um i don't even know how to describe it yeah it was the descent yes yeah, yeah, yeah. i definitely honestly the the first segment was my favorite i think one of my favorites. oh really uh yeah i'm i love uh going fast downhill and that's where i mean kind of my mountain biking skills come from <laughs> uh in gravel races is just going going down technical terrain so uh, that was a lot of fun. I remember at one point, like I saw the check the the start of the segment, and I start pedaling super super hard. And then like some guys are around me, they're like, "Go go go go!" And then I was go uh, started to go down, and some people were in my way, and I'm like, "Sorry, move over!" And you know, just like all gas, no brakes type of thing. It was like so. I, I'm like, I really like the technical stuff as well, but like for me, that wasn't technical. That was just terrifying. It was like, yeah, it start, sure. kind of like started at tarmac at the top. And like you say, you had loads of speed and then you just descended mm -hmm. into basically like a slimy, mossy slip and slide, like sort of cobbled road. Mm -hmm. But like just it yeah. was just horrible. And like you pop around a corner and it'd just be like <laughs> mud everywhere. Like it was probably like the highest risk mm -hmm. of all the grindura segments I've done. Like it wasn't technical, but it was so fast and so slippy. It was yeah, like a little, definitely. yeah like slimy shoe yeah 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 but i mean it sounds like you had a great time i mean yeah i i feel like because it was dangerous um and you're like wondering how fast do should i really go how fast should i take this corner with like all the rocks all the mud uh it's kind of fun like that adrenaline rush when you make it out um, alive yeah exactly <laughs> yeah when you when you don't crash to be honest i'm quite I, i'm quite glad i'd rather that than than the uphill segment i I will concede that it was quite nice being like mm -hmm. after that long horrible morning in the rain you're just like cool i just need to ride down this hill as fast as i can and then mm -hmm. go and have lunch it was like being like a 10 year old or something yeah especially you know like it, i feel like it was kind of like um i don't know how to put it but you're kind of relieved because you know that your lunch is coming and yeah, you've exactly. got to get this downhill section like finished and then you can go and eat your burger or like have your lunch. Yeah, exactly. Good. That is very true. Um, I think a lot of people actually packed it in at the lunch spot, didn't they? There was a lot of do not finish, did not finish. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of DNFs on the... the uh, mm. So I think a lot of people probably okay. had enough that morning and were like, I'm going home. Mm. I'm not racing the second mm -hmm. half. Um, yeah well they missed out because it was gorgeous it was actually yeah the second half was actually lovely did you actually did you change clothes because I was tempted but I was like I am such a state mm. I'm just gonna stay in it so yeah no I did change clothes like on the I had the Argon 18 uh, team following me so they had the car and I had all my gear um, in the car and uh, yeah I just changed put on another skin suit or whatever clothes and uh and I felt definitely for me, it was, it, it helped mentally to like get dry, change my clothes, change my wet, wet socks. 
um, and and then just you know get on with the rest of the race. Yeah, it's all right for some with the uh, with the team car following. That sounds like the dream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the afternoon, what? Oh, the next stage. So we had it wasn't actually very long out the feed. I remember eating so much because I I was so hungry and I got back. I ate mm-hmm. everything. Um, and then the first like segment was like was it five was it wasn't even 5km was it it was just like kind of came out of nowhere of some little side street um yeah we just kind of popped through that village and then there was that it was like nine minute climb it was horrendous Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah, lunch nearly came back (laughs) yeah i think on that climb i i i really tried to go as fast as i could but um I think at one point I wasn't sure where to go and like there was like this like path and you had to turn and and go to the right and then continue towards the right and like the trail split and I was really confused of where to go and I did like kind of like a a u-turn and I was like I was kind of biking in a circle and then I was like oh that's where I gotta go and then I just started continuing <laughs> uphill you know what? So, You're not yeah, the only person who said that. Quite a few people <laughs> said they got lost. Um, I remember yeah. being on that section thinking, like, "Oh my god, this!" I, I, so I thought I saw it was a two-kilometer segment, but it was like it ended up being three or something, and oh, it was just, yeah. I remember thinking, like, I must have gone the wrong way. Like, where's the end of the segment? Um, mm. Yeah, horrific. Yeah, I mean, as long, I, I, at least it's a segment because then you can just take a break after <laughs> that is true that is true but i i in my head had like two kilometers we're like mm. three kilometers in and the segment still not ended i was the worst um but yeah you, that is the good thing you can just stop afterwards when you get to the top yeah so then i mean what else should we talk about in the day there's kind of two more segments but for me they were one was kind of just like a i mean like a slippy little footpath basically which i actually really enjoyed um, the single track yeah yeah the like sloppy little yeah. thing yeah that as well uh was really fun uh i really i think the single track was my second favorite or maybe my even my favorite yeah um With the what the single track was your your like your highlight yeah i really liked it it was technical and um you know like i said like that little adrenaline rush because like you're next to a barbed wire fence, I think, and an electrical fence. Yeah. And it's super, super tight. You're in between, like, to the right of you are bushes. And then to the left of you, like, just a couple of centimeters off is, you know, a fence. And, like, you just got to go into the, the little single track with all the rocks and the mud and the, the roots. And there was even one point it was it got super, super steep and you had to turn, make a sharp right. Yes. Um, and, I forgot about that. Yeah. I was on a borrowed a lot, bike. A lot of people walked that. Did they? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, a lot of people on their gravel or, I don't know, bikes also walked that. I was like, no, 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 sending it straight down. <laughs> Full send. <laughs> Drop bars, everything. Yeah, I forgot yeah, about I got, that. I, had, I remember, like, my back wheel, like, did a little, you know, skid. <laughs> <laughs> Managed to come out alive. Nice. You know what, it's, I, hadn't, I never actually got around to looking at the results, but be so interesting to compare times and see you know like on those sections where you probably did comparatively well just and just like see how you did against other people compared to 
mm-hmm. some of the, like the yeah stuff like yeah. the climb which is just kind of you know mm-hmm. like a road yeah. or just also um like i feel like seeing your overall time compared to the segments yeah um like for example um I think some of the pro cyclists, well, for the women, um, I saw their time and how long it took them the race, and uh, they finished it. Uh, it took them longer than uh, than what it took me, but then their segments were a couple of seconds or one or two minutes longer. So, oh, so there, there was actually I didn't realize that. So they had, um, so use your overall time listed then on the on the website. Well, on the website, I didn't check. I just saw it on on Strava. Oh, on Strava, that yeah. that old chestnut. <laughs> I mean, I might not be as accurate. I guess. I I, don't, I say I don't remember seeing the overall time because I think I think for the men, you know, so I think the men tried to race it like a normal gravel race, as in like they just rode the whole mm-hmm. circuit as fast as they possibly could. Which, given the weather, mm-hmm. fair play to them. I can see why they'd want to get out of that, and they'd literally finished mm-hmm. by the time I got back for lunch. But their mm. segment times were pretty, they weren't that fast. Apparently they crashed into each mm. other and took each other out, which will have um, slowed them down. Yeah. But also I think because they were riding the whole thing like four hours full gas, it meant that their yeah. actual segment times were a little bit slower. Than were mine. slower, yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's how yeah. I managed to sneak on the podium. <laughs> they, they got the rules of the Slow game and wrong steady wins the race exactly yeah. tortoise and the hare apart from the segments whereas they were just ripping around yeah and then the last section actually the last section was so fun i had so much fun like i think the wind picked up and it dried out a bit which made it pretty oh, fast oh the hilly yeah the, hilly the roller coaster that's my least favorite oh, really? i think <laughs> that was so yeah, good so i had no more energy there at that point that would do it that would explain it. But I was like, so I just stopped at the canyon thing. I'd like shove loads of sweets in. And then it was just like a screaming tailwind, like so mm. fast. And I'd seen on the profile, it was like 60 meters down, 10 meters up or something. So I was like, right, mm. this one hill must be the only hill. I had so much fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you clearly had a very different experience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like for you that the hills and climbing is kind of your seems like it's your strong suit Mm, i'm not sure about that i think yeah no definitely not actually the 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 main climb was horrific i had no time for that um but the single track actually i think i agree the single track was my favorite bit so much fun there was though that like random like log just in you know you're talking about that barbed wire fence with the bushes on the right and then there was just a massive post in the way that you had to like scoot scoot around i don't know if you remember that um I think so. I think Honestly, I clearly I... just nearly crashed into it. <laughs> I might have just avoided it naturally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just <laughs> don't need to make an effort not to hit the post. Just actually sort of looked where you were going. Nice. You're just going too fast. <laughs> yeah, well, clear, maybe that's what it is. Where do we go next then? I feel like we, we've covered, we, I think we've covered Grand Euro pretty well, haven't we? Actually, I've got one final thing to touch on. Yeah. fixed gear off-road have you tried it would you try it would you track race lacrosse? it yeah exactly well or maybe like if track lacrosse is like fixed gear cyclocross what about like i can't think of the word like gravel but fixed so like <laughs> long and fixed and off-road yeah um well i definitely have done a lot or 
kind of a good amount of trackle cross riding. Uh, I built my own trackle cross as a scream. It's a scream ranger. I currently still ride it. I'm looking at it right now in my room. <laughs> Very nice. You brought it. Oh, you brought it over with you. Is that one? Was that one of the bikes that made the cut to come over to Europe? Yeah, exactly. One of the many bikes that made the cut to come to Europe with me was uh, my fixed gear uh, and my gravel bike, and I left the mountain bike in the road uh, in Canada. But uh, yeah, so I definitely think that riding fixed for a long time like depends the conditions like if it's super hilly uh super technical and a very long race like definitely would be hard and if you're brakeless it's uh good luck and (laughs) you know try not to destroy your knees um but i know some people are actually um, good friends of mine they do a lot of bike packing uh, on their fixed gear brakeless and really? a lot of weight on their bike. What kind of yeah. gear do they have? They must have like a yeah. tiny little gear to be able to get up anything. Yeah, yeah, they ride like forty nine eighteen or even smaller, um, like forty four eighteen, super small gear ratio, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> I find. Well, I ride pretty big ratios because of track and. Yeah, and and crit racing. I, I've got a question that maybe I certainly can't couldn't think of an answer to, but maybe you can. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you do fixed gear bike packing? Um, because it's a part of who you are, your identity, your culture. Um, you just you know some people just have a love uh, and adore fixed gear riding, and and they would not go back, you know, and they wouldn't. I mean, I mean, they wouldn't, you know, change it. And I mean, it is pretty cool as well. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, you get you get some fixy points <laughs> for bikepacking, uh, fixed gear bikepacking. Still, just blows yeah. my mind though. Like, what kind of distances are they doing every day? Presumably, not not crazy. Um. Well, actually, okay. So, um, this is a podcast, and I also do. Well, shout out to my friends, uh, Paul and Rob. Uh, we also, I, with the three of us, um, do a podcast on fixed gear culture and fixed gear riding. It's called Slow Spin Society. And uh, so Paul and Rob do a lot of bikepacking, fixed gear bikepacking. And Paul recently, I think about a month ago, did a bikepacking trip solo. Yeah, at one point, he was in the dark for a couple of hours with a lot of gear on his bike uh it was very heavy and i think he did like 250k in one night in one day that is silly i'm just i'm just looking up slow spin society (laughs) as we speak yeah that looks cool i'm actually recording an episode tomorrow with paul and rob but yeah what kind of things what like what's the what do you talk about on like i so for context i have a fixed gear bike that i ride to the pub and i've seen squid Mm -hmm. bikes before and they look sick that is my entire yeah. knowledge of uh, well, fixed yeah, gear. Well, yeah, squid bikes um, are very known. Well, squid, I um, don't get, if I'm not mistaken, uh, squid bikes are really focused on trackle cross. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that's the context in which I've seen them. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what uh, actually in Montreal, when with my Scream Ranger, I I do a bit of that type of style of riding and and going in in little trails and off-road 
with the fixed gear and that's what squid is also all about um and yeah so slow spin society we make um episodes all about fixed gear culture so uh what bike should you build on a thousand dollar or your thousand euro budget um or what bike should you build on a two thousand euro budget um what to ride what not to ride um trends uh, stupid trends funny trends like we have a blast on the podcast we laugh a lot uh, we make fun of each other we uh or sh- just you know like everything about the face gear scene so who rides what events are there in the world like what races um are there um what type of riding style is there there's more like streets um you know racing or alley cats or crits so we talk a bit about everything that's related to fixed gear riding oh that's cool maybe it's like are you like the outcast of the group then going away and doing your all your geared riding a me yeah like what do they make Um, oh yeah i went and did an event and i had like 12 gears and two working brakes (laughs) and like a freewheel yeah yeah, I mean, at first I was kind of like wondering, I hope I wasn't gonna like, you know, destroy the dream of, or like, I don't know, feel outcasted because I've got other bikes with gears, but uh, really not. Like, there's a lot of fixed gear riders who uh, actually like own like one gravel bike and own a bike that has gears, you know, because there's, there is some type of limit to fixed gear riding even. Um, I mean there's so many limits to fixed gear that's kind of what makes it so cool because it's that like it's exclusive and it's difficult and like there's an element of skill especially to ride them off-road like but that puts up pretty huge barriers when either the rider doesn't have the skills or when the terrain gets super difficult yeah exactly um and that's what yeah that's what makes it a lot of fun um, a bit more dangerous a bit more gnarly and um yeah like riding brakeless in the city and stuff like that it's a, it's entire like aura i guess you can say around it um yeah like but there's also well, we have um some big fixed gear riders and fixed gear guys who do a lot of tricks and and gnarly stuff and some of them also like they they um how do you say this but uh they come out and say, yeah, I own a bike with gears, you know, just to do some bike packing with some friends. So like not, I mean, you don't have, just have to own a, a fixed gear bike to, to be part of the community. You just get it. Yeah. To be fair. So I, I'm sure you've spoken about them on your podcast. There's a couple of like, uh, if you've come across Thundercrit or and Thundercross, like they're like fixed gear, it's one's a fixed gear cyclocross race, one's like fixed gear crits, but like there's often well, so, in London, yeah, in London, it's like, yeah, it's like really mm-hmm. nice community. And yeah, I mean, the race with the I, fixed gear pirates crew, I think. So, well. yeah, yeah, well, yeah, there's, there's those as well. Like, London's got loads of like mm-hmm. inverted commas, like official fixed gear racing rather than just alley cats, which to mm-hmm. my mind seem like absolute madness. Um, <laughs> like, so they look fun, but like when you see some videos or like just the whole concept's mad um but yeah you just turn up on your geared bike they like zip tie your shifter together so you can't change gear and they're like right you're in this gear for the whole race now off you go and like i had so much fun what? 
So, they, so it's like single speed. Yeah, yeah, it's not fixed. It's single speed, but they've got like a yeah, they've got a, so they obviously got the proper fixed gear, um, brakeless one. Then they've got a single speed category, and they've got a fun bike category okay. where like people turn up on all sorts of stuff. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. The fixed gear scene is is a mystery to me, um, but yeah, I see them and they're all cool, or they all look cool from the outside. Or with well, I am coming to London um, in December, so I can definitely show you. I guess the fixed gear scene. That's it. Maybe, maybe uh, well, yeah, that'd be sick. Maybe I we need to have like I'll go my fixed gear bike, you bring yours. We'll have a race across London. I can't ride a fixed gear bike, <laughs> however, I do know London. And you're the other way around, yeah. and we'll see who gets to the other and, side first. Yeah, I've and also everything's like the opposite side, so I'm definitely oh, yeah, going to have. Oh my god, it's going to be a huge cultural shock for me, and I'm very kind of nervous to be riding fixed gear brakeless in a city where everything is the opposite direction or whatever. Yeah, I honestly don't know how it's going to work out for me, but I guess we'll find out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm bringing my helmet, I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, London, I'm sure, to be fair, I'm sure every city's the same, but London is hectic. Mm-hmm. I rode in Paris, actually, fixed gear brakeless about a month ago. Um, and it's very, very chaotic. Probably uh, kind of similar. Did not enjoy it that much, honestly. Oh, dear. I've got one final question before we do wrap up. Would you do Grand Euro fixed? I think they actually have a fixed category. They definitely have a single speed category. They they had a single speed category, and yeah, there's only one guy I think that did it. Would I do it fixed? Um, oh my god! I mean, with that much, we did a lot of elevation. Yeah, huge amount. I think I would do it fixed. Uh, I I mean, if someone I know, I feel like I would do it fixed with like a group of friends that are also riding fixed. Um, but I might, I would probably put a front brake, um, and which is cool with my fixed gear that I own. It's the Scream Ranger, the model, um, on my front fork, I can put a disc brake. Ooh, that feels so kind of I can have a like fixed, fixed gear. with a disc brake. Yeah, exactly. Which is really a baller move, I find. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I feel like I, I would probably attempt to, to do it uh fixed gear but definitely you can't go as fast you can't do as gnarly things i guess on the fixed gear you know but uh you gotta be a bit more careful and probably some climbs like there was one climb during the race which was so 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 steep Um, oh i mean i walked up that anyway actually I had gears. Oh, I, had yeah. all, I had all <laughs> yeah. the gears, and I still walked up. I remember it. that was just before the little canyon thing, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, I didn't. I didn't walk it. I was like, no, no, no. There was a photographer, and I'm like, no, he's not <laughs> catching me. Got walking my bike. I'm. I'm oh, empty myself. Get off my. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. My ego is just too big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, if it, maybe that's the reason to go fixed, then you can just like no shame walk up everything. Mm, yeah, I guess so. And if anyone questions you, like, oh, I'm fixed. Sweet. <laughs> Blame it all on the fixed gear. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Great. Well, thank you for taking time to speak to me. Um, the weather was so bad on the Sunday morning of Grand Euro. Everyone just disappeared and like so many plans were cancelled so everyone could pack up and go get dry and go home. Um 
So thank you so much for that catch up. And also super interesting to hear about fixed gear, Canadian, Canadian, Quebecois, gravel. Um, yeah. And I guess, well, race you across London at Christmas. Yeah, it's been a pleasure and I'm super happy to, to share um, whatever it is about the cycling community, whether it's fixed, gravel, mountain biking, you know, cyclotouring. Yeah, we do it because, you know, we like it yeah. and we enjoy it and, yeah, do it for the community. I guess. Nice, yeah. <laughs> but you have now committed to racing the next Grand Jura that we do together. Oh, my God. Fixed. I will not be. Just <laughs> together? To... No. Oh, no, no, as in the next time you're at a Grand Jura and I'm there to call you mm. out, I'm going to expect mm-hmm. you to be unfixed. Oh, my God. I will absolutely not I be doing I don't know about that. <laughs> you said it. I mean, if I... If if I'm able to get Rob and Paul at a Grand Giro with me, maybe the three of us will do it face. <laughs> you can all take different gears and see who is right. Yeah, exactly. That would be pretty cool, yeah. though. I feel like it's very much in the spirit of the event. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> cool. I guess that's it. Thanks for listening, yeah. everyone.